0: This is The SPM Show, and this is episode number 224. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to The SPM Show. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the podcast. Great guest on with me today. We're going to talk all about pizza, and we are going to talk with Audrey Jane from Audrey Jane's Pizza Garage, and it's a cool story, and I think you're going to be interested in this one and get some good stuff out of it uh, before we get into today's episode i just have to say thank you for tuning in i appreciate your attention uh, just got back from the pizza expo last week if you're listening to this when it comes out live and we did a pizza recap show uh, not only did we talk about our meetup and our pizza expo experience in las vegas but we also touched on a couple other touchy subjects in the pizza slash restaurant world so if you haven't checked up on that it's a bonus episode it doesn't have a number so we just threw that out there. We're probably going to do that once a month. I'm going to have a guest on with me. We're going to talk about some pizza restaurant industry news. Probably pick two to three different topics that's happening in our genre. And just give our two cents on that and maybe bring a guest on that in the future will have something to do with one of those particular topics that's in our uh, in the news. And we'll do that as a bonus episode once a month. So we can kind of keep you on top of mind of what's happening in the restaurant space along with the podcast here where we do these interviews and tutorial podcast episodes with special uh, where we talk about certain specific subjects. I also just got back from speaking at the Midwest Food Service Show, and I talked about video marketing, which I still believe is huge. And I also touched on marketing for the now, and I gave three different things, three different things that people can do right now to market their business. One of those was video, which was a separate seminar. One of them was Facebook Messenger Bots. And there was some controversy about a video that I did recently about uh, hating marketers, even though, I, I listen, I'm not a marketer, okay? I know that I do marketing for restaurants, but I was originally in the rest. I've been in the restaurant business my whole life, my whole working life, that is, I, I wasn't born there, but my whole working life, I've been in the restaurant industry, and I am just so happened to help restaurants market now, but I come at it as a restaurant owner, because that's what I've been, and that's what I was for 20 years of my life, uh, so I know what it's like to be in the kitchen and do all that grunt work, and have crappy employees that don't want to come to work and have a hard time uh, paying payroll and not paying yourself. And all that thing that comes along with running a restaurant, I know that. And that's the perspective that I put this podcast on from. I'm not a marketer who's trying to sell you a $1,500 a month course or a $1,500 a month magic bullet that's going to bring you 14,000 leads. It's just not what I do. Um, So I give three specific things that people can do right now. Messenger marketing is one of them. The other one was Instagram. I really believe Instagram is huge right now and we gave a strategy on that. And then email marketing is still something that people should be focusing on and trying to figure out and how to work and leverage. I really believe that no matter what these platforms do, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, you still should be trying to build your email list because you own that list, right? No matter what happens to Facebook or what happens to Instagram, if you have an email list and if you take online orders, you should be trying to get all of those emails from the customers, as well as from your website and as well as from Facebook and Instagram, you should be k- taking those emails and you can move those to somewhere else if something happens to social media. I like social media, but I like it because that's where people are spending their time now. That may change a year from now or five years from now or whatever comes up next. Uh, But those are the things that I talked about in the seminar. We will be having some videos from those seminars over on our YouTube channel. So if you want to go check out our YouTube channel, you can go just go to YouTube and type in Smart Pizza Marketing and you can find uh, the videos from those seminars over there if you want to check that out. Before we get into today's episode, I have to say thank you to our sponsors that make this show possible. And I also bring on sponsors that not only make the show possible, but also I think can help you out. And that's the sponsors that we take on the show. One of them is Planet Fundraiser. Uh, Planet Fundraiser is an app that organizes your donations. Customers shop at your business. At the end of the day, you really want to connect with the community, drive business, and be the hometown hero in your area. Planet Fundraiser helps you do that by organizing and incentivizing people in your community to shop at your business because you're going to donate a percentage of the sale back to a specific cause. Planet Fundraiser helps you organize all of that. Not only do they help you organize the donations on your behalf, but they also help put a spotlight on the fact that you are a business that's giving back to the local community. So if you wanna try to figure out if this app is gonna work for you, go to PlanetFundraiser.com, and then there's a For Business tab that you wanna select, and you can sign your business up in your local community, and start giving back to the certain causes that you're passionate about in your community, and let Planet Fundraiser help you organize all of that, because they have to take a picture of the receipt And submit it, and then that's when you make the donation to the specific cause. So not only does it help you become the hometown hero, but it helps you organize all of that as well. Again, that's PlanetFundraiser.com. And sponsor number two for this episode of the show, Susan from Our Town America. Susan actually gave away a lot of books, signed copies of Tony Gimignani's Pizza Bible at the Pizza Expo, This year in Las Vegas, she also came to our meetup. But what she really does is helps you get new customers. People are moving every year in your area. As a matter of fact, one in five people move every year, which means you can do everything right in your business and you're still going to lose customers because they just move somewhere else. But what that does also mean is that new people are moving into your area every week, every month, every year. And Susan's going to help you track those people down and invite them into your business. Now, she does a couple cool things. It's exclusive to zip code for, for your zip code in your area, just like we are. So, exclusivity. You won't work with any other pizzeria in your area. She helps you track it so you know exactly where those customers are coming from, who came in, and how to follow up. And she helps you figure out exactly what's going to work to help them come into your business, all for about a dollar per new customer. Doesn't cost a lot of money. You can start with a small budget if you have one and just test her out and try her out. Susan's phenomenal when it comes to working within your budget and helping you really grow your business. She really wants to help you find new customers in your area. If you, some, if you want some information on how Susan can help you, it's susan at ourtown.net or you can head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash ourtown and see a video of how all this works and Susan's phone number and email address will be on that website as well. Again, that's smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash our town. All right, now let's just get into this episode with Audrey from Audrey Jane's pizza garage. I think you're going to enjoy this one guys. Take a listen.
1: Um, and my dad being from New York, we would always go out for pizza, whether it was an anniversary, a birthday, any kind of celebration. It was like, Oh, we're not going out for a fancy dinner. We're going to the slice house. Um, and growing up in a bagel, bagel shop, uh, it was kind of always just in me. Like I tried to go to regular school. Um, I tried to do a bunch of different things, but I always just gravitated back towards restaurants. And it wasn't until I went to Italy that I like truly fell back in love with pizza. And I just realized like that's what I wanted to do was be in the pizza industry. So your be dad, so
0: your dad on birthdays would take you guys to the pizzeria.
1: Always. My yeah. kids,
0: my kids are gonna listen to this and be like, "Dad, that's totally you." <laughs>
1: Still, my like on my parents' anniversary, they would always just go get slices. So
0: that's awesome. I always try to find yeah. a new pizzeria in my area and maybe go check it out. I love doing that.
1: Yeah, it's always a fun one.
0: So, what did you go to Italy for?
1: Um, I was actually going to school for journalism, and I went there on like an internship for journalism.
0: Oh, all right. Where? So you originally did you went to school to do something totally different?
1: Yes, <laughs> I always. I mean, I wanted to do journalism. And then when I realized I wanted to be into food, I wanted to do food journalism. Um, and then when I was in Italy, I just tried so many different styles of pizza that I realized like I was living in San Francisco at the time and I came back and I just started going to like every single pizzeria and trying to figure out, try to try to figure out how to make pizza.
0: And how did you, did you do it? Did you make pizza at home? Was that how you tested it
1: out? Uh, that's how I started and I started doing a bunch of research online and I'd go to different restaurants and kind of like ask them like what kind of flour are you using like what's the hydration on that you know <laughs>
0: kind
1: of questions and I'm sure I was really irritating to the pizza makers.
0: When uh, was this like how when was that like give us a year.
1: Uh, what was that? It was probably like 2008 I want to say.
0: So it wasn't like super long ago but it was kind of like 10 years ago.
1: Yeah yeah 10 about 10 years ago.
0: That's so funny because I was talking to uh, Anthony Mangieri. You know Anthony from UNA in New York?
1: Yeah, I've never actually met him, but I know a lot about him.
0: And And, uh, he he was kind of known as the guy who wouldn't like, you know, if you look at, if you listen to any uh, interview that he did, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, he's a much different guy now. You know, with age comes a little bit more... um, you know, you tone down a little bit, right? He's like more open oh. now, and I was just talking to him about that. Like when I, even when I was in the '90s and early 2000s, if someone came in and asked you questions about your dough, you'd be like, "Get out of here!" Now totally. it's yeah. now it's totally like everybody shares everything with everybody. Uh huh.
1: That's that's very true. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I love that about the pizza community that it is such a open forum for
0: that. It is. It's so cool. So then you started making pizza at home. You're asking people how to do it, and then what happened from there?
1: Um. Well, I'm a very visual learner, and I actually, I love the structure of school. And it was right around the time that Tony was opening his restaurant in North Beach and um, his school. So I kind of like went down to the restaurant and checked it out and I signed up for one of his classes. Um, and it was right at the time that I had like just graduated. Um, I had just got my undergrad. So I was like kind of deciding what I was going to do if I was going to get a job or if I was, you know, um, what I was going to get a job in, I guess. And I took his class and I just asked him like a million questions. I think he thought I was like um, like a spy for another <laughs> restaurant. Or like Tony liquor. Gimignani you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Tony. Yeah. Uh, and I somehow convinced him to give me a job at his restaurant. And that's kind of just like when my love for pizza uh, just really exploded. And I learned so much under him. And I ended up working for him for about five years.
0: Did you live in San Francisco?
1: Uh, yeah, I lived there at the time.
0: That's a good that's a good thing. So if anybody out there is listening start a pizza school, get people to pay you to teach them how to make pizza and then you can hire them in your restaurant.
1: Exactly. That's a yeah. pretty good
0: strategy he's got going on there
1: yeah, yeah. It, um, I, I think I got lucky. he like needed somebody and I just you know I was really eager to learn and it was good timing, I guess.
0: And how long did you work there for?
1: Um, I think I worked in San Francisco for him for like three or four years and then for him in New York for just under a year.
0: Now, would you – because I get questions a lot about people who want to open up a pizzeria. Do you think that drastically helped you by working with Tony? Like, Or not necessarily with Tony, but in a pizzeria before you opened one?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I had worked in tons of restaurants before, and I'm always amazed at the people who have never worked in a restaurant and think they can go open one. But I know people have done it. I mean, maybe it takes a certain kind of person, but – I think there's a lot more to it than people initially think.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've never... I I mean, I haven't heard of too many people who... Especially... uh, I mean, I don't know. uh, I mean, I talk a lot about pizza, and that's the business that I know. And it's just very small margins, the high turnover rate. like If you don't know what you're doing, it's very easy to lose a lot of money.
1: Definitely. And I also think people don't realize like how much work it is. Yeah. They think, "We'll, we'll go sling pies for a few hours, but... They don't realize that you're there for like 12 hours laying those pizzas.
0: (laughs) We can thank Instagram for that. makes everything look good.
1: Exactly. That's what it's there for.
0: (laughs) Yeah. makes people think like, oh, this is so fun. Look at how much fun they're having on that 10-second boomerang of them making a pizza. I want to own one now.
1: And it is fun. But, you know, there's also days that I go home and I just want to cry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so true.
1: There's that that happy medium. The rewards are usually more than the, the stress of it.
0: It's, it's like, it's, yeah, there's always ups and downs, you know, as long as Definitely. you have more good days and bad days, you're doing all right. Definitely. So where did you work with Tony in New York?
1: Um. So him and one of his, I, he's no longer a partner with him, but they opened one in Manhattan. Um,
0: was it a Tony's or was it something different?
1: It wasn't a Tony's. It was called 900 Degrees. Oh, okay. It, yeah. It just it wasn't quite the right spot and it didn't last too long, but it was. A great experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, New York's a tough market. There's a lot of pizzerias there. You had to really stand out there in order to make
1: it. It is, yeah. And it was more his partner's um, operation than Tony's, but because Tony wasn't there, obviously. He was yeah, yeah. Him, so. <laughs>
0: and then, where are you located now?
1: Uh, I'm in Boulder, Colorado now.
0: So, did you go from like, did you go from San Francisco to New York to Boulder?
1: Yes, I'm. I'm from Boulder. So, oh, you're originally
0: family. from there. Okay. It was wh-
1: always my idea to move back here. Yeah logical move after New York. so.
0: I mean, what's it like living in San Francisco compared to Boulder? Is it similar?
1: Um, It's it's a lot different. It took me a few years to get back in the swing of Boulder life, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I was so used to living in a city and just, you know, I love San Francisco. It, it feels like home to me. But um, Boulder is a cool spot. It's definitely exploded in the last few years. There's been a huge tech boom here. And, a lot of people like from California and New York have moved to Boulder recently.
0: do you which one do you like better?
1: Uh, out of California, New York? Yeah <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, if you were me if you were to ask me a few years ago, I definitely would have said San Francisco, but lately I've been really loving New York. Yeah. Um, my dad's from there, my husband's from there, and we've been spending a lot more time there, and it's just it's such a an energetic city, and it has so much to offer.
0: If you could just take the cold away, it'd be it'd be perfect.
1: If <laughs> you could just take the cold away, yes. Yeah.
0: Other than that, it'd be perfect. Yeah, you're right. There's so much going on there and so much so much going on in, in such a relatively small area.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny though because I find myself going to the cities and then kind of craving to be back in Boulder because I'm so used to – it's just so much quieter here. You yeah. know, there's new people and it's something that I never thought I would say, but I've, I think I've adapted to – Colorado life again.
0: Nice. So. So, so that's good. Now you opened up Audrey Jane's Pizza Garage. When did you open that?
1: Uh, we opened in 2015. So you've been uh, doing it for about three years now? Yep, just a little over three years. Mm-hmm. It, my brother's my business partner and he does all the all the business side of it. And I do kind of like the creative hands-on part of it.
0: So what's that like working with your brother?
1: It's, it's actually great. Um, I think a big part of owning your own restaurant is recognizing your weaknesses and I am definitely not great at like the bookkeeping, the bookkeeping business side of it. So luckily, I have him there.
0: Is he older or younger?
1: Um, he's younger than me.
0: So you can tell him what to do.
1: Well, yeah, you'd think so, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, <he's> pretty
1: strong world. <laughs> All right. He's smart, so I'm lucky to have him.
0: I mean, that you're lucky because sometimes I always uh, warn people if you're going to get a business partner or work with family, sometimes that can be challenging because if you guys have the same skill set. Sometimes you can yeah. butt heads and not either you're going to butt heads and not agree on something eventually or you're going to be lacking something in your business that you're going to need because you both have the same skill sets. Like if you were both creative, you wouldn't have that That's business good. mind.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'd work if we both had the same skill sets. But we complement each other, so it's a good it's a good situation right now.
0: So describe your business. Like just if anybody is not familiar with what you do, describe like is it sit down, is it dine in, what kind of pizza do you have?
1: Um we're Casual Slice House. Um, my initial concept was more of a sit-town, but we looked for like two or three years. And we could not find a space in Boulder. And this one finally came up and it's it's a little bit smaller. And it's Colorado has laws that if you're within 500 feet of any school, you can't have alcohol. So we're not legally able to do that. So we just kind of turned the concept around into more of a slice house.
0: And how many square feet are you?
1: Um, we're just under twelve hundred.
0: Okay, so it's a good size—not too small, not too big.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's a perfect size for us. Um, and we do—I guess you would call it New York slices. I hesitated to call it that because I know New Yorkers are very particular about what constitutes a New York slice. But
0: uh, eh, forget them.
1: <laughs> but people need something to identify with, so we do big New York slices and also Sicilian pies.
0: Which is this—is your Sicilian square ones?
1: Uh, it's like a rectangle.
0: Okay. And did you, you make all your dough in-house and everything?
1: Yeah, we make everything in-house.
0: And let me ask you a question. So you took Tony's class. Was yep. How long is that class?
1: Um. Gosh, it's been so long. I think the one I took was about five days.
0: And he just um, teaches you how to make all different kinds of pizza, dough, sauce, everything.
1: Well, so I, at the time, I was really interested in like Neapolitan style, so I took his Neapolitan class. Um, so I didn't... Uh, Actually, when I was at Tony's, I mainly only did wood burning. And so this was a little out of my comfort zone when we first opened, but Boulder already had a few like wood burning places yeah. and I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and I mean, I had done a little bit at Tony's and luckily I have him because whatever I ever need, he's always, you know, like a phone call away. So yeah, he's really he
0: nice. He, anybody who ever asked him a question on Facebook or email, or if I ever send him, sometimes people email me questions. I'm like, I have no idea. And I'll yeah. email it to him. Yeah, he's always, he always responds. He's super, he's super responsive like that.
1: He's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so he helped me out a lot with a bunch of different issues that we've had over the years. But
0: Neapolitan pizzas too is kind of different because it doesn't necessarily travel as well as New York style.
1: No, not at all. It's a, it's a completely different pizza. Yeah,
0: but. a lot of people. There's a couple places around me who have opened Neapolitan pizzas and they don't have any seating, and I'm like, you know what? It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to make that really busy yeah. because. People aren't going to have the same experience taking that pizza home and eating it twenty minutes later, when it's a Neapolitan yes. style. It's meant to be eaten right then and there.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. So,
0: but yeah. New York, but New York style, you can eat. It's it's just travels better.
1: Yeah, it, exactly, and especially if it's a slice house. Like we've got we've got enough seating, and we've got a pretty big patio. So, you know, how long does it take you to eat a slice? Like five. 10 Me, minutes.
0: No, three <laughs> seconds. I'm done.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, but. It's a good, it's a good amount of seating for our style of pizza.
0: Right. Now, what was the first year of business like? Have you ever owned your own business before, or was this the first business you have owned?
1: Um, this was my my own like the first time I've my owned my own business. Uh, like I said, my family's own businesses, so
0: so entrepreneur. I- you had an entrepreneurial family, so that you kind of knew what it was like.
1: I did, yeah. And I had a, I've had a lot of help from them over the years. My family's so supportive, and it's it's a good setup. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely a learning experience. It was not more than I anticipated because I knew how much work it would be. But it's different, you know, imagining something than actually going into it and being like, wow.
0: Right. Like, well, let me ask you, what was like? So what did you think it was going to be like? Like when you were pitching in your mind, opening your own pizzeria, like what would what did you picture? And then what was different compared to what you thought it was going to be?
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of little things that you don't anticipate. Uh, you can plan and plan and plan and like lay out everything, but there's always something like you didn't put the plug in the right spot when you're doing the build out or I don't know. There's just, there's little things. You don't anticipate getting a call at three in the morning that the power's out and your walk-in's going down. But right. it happens. <laughs> like if it snows here, we're in this building that the roof kind of slants. And every time it snows, like the roof starts to leak and <laughs> like right on our electrical box. So oh. it's just, you know, it's a 24 hour job, it which is. I actually really love about it. I'm, I'm pretty, I like to always be going.
0: <laughs> yeah. I used to be so pumped on like Christmas and Thanksgiving, not only because it was Christmas and Thanksgiving, which is fun, but it was yeah. like the couple days a year where you knew nothing was going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually I agree with you. Um, Those are like the only days that we're actually closed.
0: So, and like if it's on fire, it's like (laughs) as long as no one's in there and everybody's safe, it's fine. We got insurance; it's good. Let it go. Yeah, we'll rebuild it.
1: (laughs) Well, sure. I like your attitude on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You never, you know, that's a couple days a year you get to just relax because it is like you are right. Even if you're closed and you, it's you know, there's always that uh, somebody. You know, we had a we had a, a time when we were. Around a busy intersection, and uh-huh. somebody turned the corner in the intersection and drove the car right through the front of the window. Now we were close, oh but it was like two, it was two o'clock in the morning. And we had to go down there.
1: That's insane! Somebody actually, we're on like the backside of our kind of like a, a complex, and on Sunday somebody drove a car through the front of the building. No sir, it was insane. Like it's a pretty not like a fancy you know shopping center, but it's. Never happened before.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable the things that happen inside of a pizzeria. You, you people yeah. should write books about the crazy yeah, stories yeah, from pizzeria.
1: Our restaurant, but it was like on the front side, and we were, you know it's the, talk of the, it's the talk of the neighborhood right now.
0: That's crazy. So, what was it like the first year? What, how did you get the word out? Were you guys busy in the beginning? What was it like?
1: Um, the first year we weren't crazy busy. It felt busy because we were doing so much work, but um, we didn't really do any advertising or marketing, and it was all word of mouth. Um, and like I said, we're on the backside of a building, so it wasn't, if you didn't know we were there, you weren't really going to come to us. And it took a good like year and a half before we were actually like turning a profit. Really? Um, and it just kept getting busier and busier. And then last year we were on diners, drive-ins and dives. Where you were? Yeah. (laughs) And we just kind of like exploded and it's, it's been really busy since then. Like we were progressively growing like by a third each year. And then after that, we just we've been like consistently really busy.
0: That's crazy. I just had Justin on. He's in Arizona. He was on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, and he was telling me the the backstory of like how they produced that show. And um,
1: yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. He was telling me that people they show up like for two full days before a Guy even gets there recording B roll. And I was like, wow, they shoot oh, yeah. that much B roll?
1: I mean, that's most the show. Like he's there for just like a few hours.
0: He shows up with his car, just talks to you for ten minutes, and he leaves.
1: Uh, well, I mean, he was there for like three hours. Oh, all right, that's
0: not too bad then.
1: Pretty much. But they're
0: there filming for like a couple days, right?
1: Oh yeah, you have to shut down while they're filming because it's. You like do. A good, yeah, because they're there from like eight a.m. until like seven p.m. Like it's a long day.
0: And you just cook a bunch of things for them.
1: Yeah, they they like pick three different items and like you just cook cook them start to finish like a few times.
0: And do they do you like? Do they pay you for being closed, or they just know that you're going to get busy after the show airs? So that's your compensation for that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they don't care, but it's worth it because you do get so much busier.
0: Yeah, that's like national exposure.
1: Yeah, and it's actually really cool because it's all these people from you know, like some people drive like two hours to come to you. That's amazing. And it's yeah, it's interesting to meet people from all over.
0: That's a lot of pressure though, because if someone's driving two hours to eat your pizza, it better be good.
1: I, I agree, and at first, like. They told us how it was going to be, you know, like triple your business. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see. And we definitely started to run out of things. Um, Our meatball grinder is on the show. And like whenever the show airs, we make like meatballs, like five separate times a day. And, you know, like usually we go through like 70 meatballs a day. When the show airs, we go through like 300 meatballs a day. It's just, it's insane.
0: Do they tell you it's going to come on or do you just know by the schedule?
1: Um, they don't tell us like when they replay it. They told us the first time. Oh, okay. No, like it just aired like a few weeks ago, and people come in the next day. They're like, "Oh, we saw you on there. I was like, "Oh, so it aired again. We better like amp up again."
0: <laughs> and how did you get on that show? Did Did you um, reach out to them?
1: No, they reach out to you. They like interview is, like ten or fifteen places in the area, and then they pick six of them.
0: So they they decide on like they're gonna go to a specific town, and then they look for a place in that town. Yes. Got exactly. it.
1: And I asked him, I was like, how do you guys like choose these places or hear of them? And they kind of said it's like word of mouth or like previous people have been on the show. Um, I think one of the producers lives in the neighborhood.
0: So maybe he was eating your pizza before.
1: Exactly. Huh. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, that's a lot of pressure though, because you are going to get busier. So it's like for them, it's like they want to, they want to make sure that they're not promoting businesses that are really bad. Right.
1: I agree. And at first I was like a little overwhelmed by it, but. It's been almost exactly a year now. And I think now we're like finally, well, not finally, but after like the second time it aired, we were kind of up to speed. Or you know how to handle it more, I guess.
0: You know what to expect more.
1: You know what to expect. Your crew is ready for it. Like, you know, you're going to be making a million of those two items that were aired. And
0: now, has that show, how long has that show been on for? I feel like it's been on forever.
1: It's been a while, yeah. It's been on a pretty long time. I
0: wonder if it's it's, like dwindling its response to the people watching the show. Like, if it's getting, like, if you were on the show five years ago, would it would have quadrupled your business? I don't know.
1: That's a good question. I wonder
0: (laughs) if the audience is smaller or larger because it's been on for a long time now.
1: It has, yeah. But I'm still like shocked how many people watch it.
0: (laughs) It's crazy too. It's like the guy from Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, who who does the pizza reviews. Are you familiar with that guy?
1: I've heard of him, yeah.
0: Same thing. He goes to a he goes to a restaurant or a pizzeria. He only does pizza reviews. And Uh as soon as he posts that review, the place gets bombarded with business.
1: I mean it's kinda cool as long as you're ready for it. I was talking to the crew, I guess like the whole film crew's been with Guy for I think like at least ten years. They like all stuck together and they're like, you know, he's like so. He's so famous now and makes so much money like he doesn't really have to do this. He does it because he like wants to help small businesses, which it's true, you know. Like, yeah, he doesn't have to keep coming to all these places that aren't, you know, that popular, but That's
0: good though. It's cool. it's great for those local businesses to get some exposure.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing.
0: So what else are you doing? I see you on Instagram, I see you on Facebook. What else are you doing to get exposure for your business?
1: Um You know, we don't really do any advertising. Like I said, it's mostly word of mouth, but um, we do a lot of social media. My uncle actually does most of my social media for me. He's very creative in that sense. Um, And I think it's a lot of like networking, like through the pizza industry is how people hear of you.
0: Yeah. Do you go to the pizza expos?
1: Um, I went last year. I'm going to go this year. The years before that, I was a little too busy at work to go, but... I try and go. <laughs>
0: Which one do you go to, Las Vegas or, New, or um, New Jersey?
1: Mostly Las Vegas. Actually, I went to Atlantic City this past year for the first time, and that was cool. It was such a different experience.
0: Yeah, Las Vegas is crazy. I actually like... I don't love Atlantic City, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, but that was my first time there. I not, mean, Atlantic City in general. <laughs>
0: they should move it. If they're going to do it in Atlantic City, they should do it in like June.
1: In June? <laughs>
0: not, not in October when it's freezing and everything's closed.
1: Yeah, that's true. I was wondering about that. I was like, is this always how it is, or is it...
0: I mean, I don't know, actually. I've only been there at the same time. I've, the only time I've ever been to New, Atlantic City was for the Pizza Expo there. And it wasn't, the, yeah. it wasn't like my favorite place in the world to visit. And it was like, I'm, I have to come back here for sure.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's just because the Pizza Expo is in March. They want to spread it out. But.
0: Yeah, maybe. You're right. It's probably That's probably why they do that. I feel like a lot of people who go to the Atlantic City show are East Coasters. Because I'm from Boston, so we're based out of Boston. And when I operated, I was in Boston, and Las Vegas from Boston is just far. And
1: yeah, I feel like I was talking to some of the Pizza Today guys, and they were saying that's why they kind of restarted the Atlantic City because so many East Coasters can't make it to Vegas. Yeah, it's
0: just you know how it is. It's like when you own a restaurant or a pizzeria, to leave your restaurant for three days is a long time, especially if you know depending on what level you're at. And no, I
1: agree. Even now, like I still feel stressed out when
0: i leave for that <laughs> you're constantly wow. checking in i mean it's easier now with technology yeah. like when we first started we didn't have iphones you know we had flip phones and stuff and then you had like go to the pay phone and call somebody back now it's like yeah. right every communication is right in your pocket so it's a little bit easier now but um but you know how it is traveling for three or four days and not being in your restaurant who knows what's going to happen if something breaks you're it's just far i'm glad they did it again exactly. in the east coast yeah
1: totally agree so um, but i'm excited so, to these expo's It's always fun to see everyone.
0: It is. Like, I always, I love the uh, meeting everybody. Like, listen, we have the internet now. So, if you want to look at an oven or see the tools, like, it's good if you kind of have an idea of what you want to look for and get your hands on it and try it out. But you don't necessarily need that to find it anymore. But going there and networking and talking to other business owners and meeting other business owners who are maybe doing what you're trying to do or grow their business too. And that's the best part for me.
1: I agree. I think that's what it's all about. I mean, not the only thing, but a huge part of it.
0: Yeah, totally. That's the that's my favorite part to go. I go for a day or two, just uh, meet everybody from the show or people that are in the business that I'd like to talk to or get to know, and they're all there.
1: Yeah, it's cool.
0: (laughs) What are you looking to do? What are you? So, what are you guys up to now? Are you going to open another location? What What does the future hold for you?
1: Um, we've we've gone through phases where we've looked. Like last year, we were looking pretty heavily, and we found a few. I think it's hard. It's hard for me because I'm such a hands-on owner. Like I'm there every day. I like things exactly how I do them. (laughs) Um, Obviously I have, you know, I don't do everything there, but I think to open another location, I'd have to find somebody that I really trust to like be in charge of this one. But eventually, yes, we do want more locations.
0: That's the goal for you to open up multiple locations.
1: At least one more. I'd like to have one that's a little more sit down with like beer and wine.
0: Like your original concept that you wanted to do.
1: Yeah. I just, I think it's an element that's missing just because right now it's a lot of takeout, which is actually, it's nice because you don't have to worry about the the beer and wine aspect of it, but it's, it's just a different feeling, you know?
0: Do you, you deliver, do you deliver out of that location?
1: Um, we deliver through like third party services.
0: What do you think of those?
1: I don't love them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen to this show anyway. You can say bad things.
1: Yeah. Delivery has always been an issue because we've tried to do it a few times and we just haven't been able to like staff for it. Yeah. Um, I think it's because there are so many third-party delivery services that they take all the drivers and then, you know, the customers get annoyed because they don't pick it up on time or the pizza is cold or, you know, there's so many issues with third-party delivery.
0: Yeah. We, we, as an industry need to do a better job of educating the end consumer as to why third parties are bad.
1: I agree. But also, like, why we can't hire delivery drivers. Yeah. I I mean, in Boulder, yeah. I don't know. I know it's not just Boulder, but it's hard to just hire people in general, much less, like, have the whole other element of delivery.
0: Yeah, that's not just in Boulder. That's everywhere. Like, there's nowhere. Nobody that I've ever talked to, I mean, maybe, like, three people. I've talked to, like, a thousand have (laughs) said, I have the easiest time in the world finding people. Literally three people out of a thousand. Everybody else.
1: that's like probably why we haven't opened another location yet. Yeah. We're constantly fighting that battle.
0: There's a lot of people, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure. I'm sure you get asked that a lot. When you open another location, like why all the pressure to open a second location? I like what I do. I want to have this one, right? Yeah. Maybe you just want to have that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, and maybe we will only have this one, but I mean, we have other ideas. I'd eventually like to start, you know, wholesaling certain items, but it's just, it's just finding the time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Like schedule myself off and just like trying trying to focus on like the creative part of it but it's hard because then somebody calls out and you know you're back on the line
0: yeah that's, it happens all the time right what, so when you say creative you mean like your menu
1: yeah just kind of changing up the menu doing just doing different things
0: what's your most popular item that's not like cheese or pepperoni
1: um the, probably our spicy pig which is, was on the show um it's sausage pepperoni like roasted jalapenos and garlic Nice. Um, And then we actually, Boulder has a huge like vegan vegetarian population, so we do a lot of that as well.
0: Do you do like vegan dough or is it, Uh, your dough is probably all vegan anyway, right?
1: Yeah. Um, But we do like a vegan pizza and we do a bunch of veggie pizzas. We have really good salads too. so.
0: So your vegan pizza, what kind of cheese do you use?
1: We don't do vegan cheese. We just do vegetables.
0: Okay, so there's just no cheese on it.
1: I've just never tried a vegan cheese that I really like. I know there's some new ones out there that I should probably try, but I just, I don't know. Yeah, my daughter's
0: a vegetarian and my niece is a vegan. And she always tries to give me these vegan foods and none of them taste great.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm actually, I love vegan food, but I just think if you're going to be a vegan, just don't eat.
0: Yeah, but you don't have to like make like my hot dog. I don't need a vegan hot dog.
1: Exactly. Right? Like I can eat a piece of broccoli. Exactly. Exactly. Like you,
0: you can eat alternative things that aren't meat. Exactly. She always yeah. tries to get me to tra- try these things that aren't meat, but they're supposed to taste like meat.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's not my style, but <laughs> on, I would say.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. So where can people go? I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, are you going to be at this? You said you're going to be at this year's uh, pizza expo in Las Vegas. Yes, really
1: are mm-hmm. you
0: competing at all? Did you ever compete in those events? Um,
1: yeah. I'm just competing in the traditional.
0: This year is, is your first year or have you competed before?
1: Um, I competed in Atlantic City, and then I had years
0: ago. Wait, you competed this year in Atlantic City?
1: I did, yeah.
0: For what category?
1: Uh, I did traditional as well. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I was a judge. Oh no way! Not for traditional. I did. The, I was a judge for the gluten free. Oh,
1: how was that?
0: It was interesting for sure.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think someone should really do a really good plain gluten-free pizza i think what happened to us is we there was 24 different pizzas Uh and in my opinion in talking to alberto and justin who was the other two judges um, Uh i think people overthink Uh it and they think they need to come up with this very creative uh pizza and some and then nobody does a simple cheese one and i think that and they think yeah you need to like the, the for gluten free, especially, it's about like the dough because yeah. that's what's going to make your pizza good. If you don't have a good gluten free dough, it doesn't matter what you put on it, it's not going to be good. I agree. And the guy who won, uh, John Chez from King Al, uh, I'm going to butcher King Umberto's. I mean, I think is the name of the okay. place. Yeah. He had a really simple pizza, but his dough was phenomenal. And okay. I would just suggest anybody who's going to be competing in the gluten free category. Like just make it simple, do a really good dough and make your pizza simple and that, and you'll stick out more by being simple than if you come up with all these creative different toppings on it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But you're doing traditional. So that's it anyway, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, it is. Just keep it simple. That's my motto on this
0: one. I love simple. Like I always try, if I go to a new place or I try someplace new, I'm always trying the cheese pizza first, because if you can do that good, then I'll, I'll try something else.
1: I'm, I'm. I agree with you completely.
0: You can mask a lot of things with toppings and creativity sometimes.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: That's cool. So if anybody's going to uh, the Pizza Expo uh, this year, say hello to Audrey. Audrey, where can people go go check you out online, your website or on social?
1: Yeah, um, it's just thepizzagarage.com is our website. And then our Instagram is Audrey Jane's Pizza.
0: I just realized that I said everybody to come see you at the Pizza Expo. And this will probably air after the Pizza Expo.
1: Well, hopefully I'll meet them anyway. Yeah, so anybody who
0: said hello to Audrey at the Pizza Expo, go follow (laughs) her on social media now. Go
1: follow us, yeah. All
0: right, Audrey, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out. Guys, if you missed anything on this episode, I will link up Audrey's uh, Instagram and Facebook and website in the show notes for this episode. So if you're driving or you're in the car or you're at the gym and you want to check her out after this, uh, you can go over to smartpizzamarketing.com and on this episode that comes out we'll put pizza garage in there in the search bar and it'll pop up and we'll have all the show notes for you so audrey thank you so much for tuning uh, joining me on the show today
1: yeah thanks for having me all
0: right well thank you so much for audrey for joining me on the podcast sharing her great story and all of that information for the show i really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode if you need some help from us we do this marketing thing and we do it from a owner's perspective we were doing this thing in our own business and now we help lots of entrepreneurs and Restaurant owners like yourself grow their businesses, whether you own a local business or a pizzeria or a restaurant, we can definitely help you figure out what's working today. If you need some help from us, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip is the website to go to for that. You can give us a little bit of information about your business, where you're located, give us your zip code, and we can see if your zip code is even available. Because like Susan from Our Town, we only work with one pizzeria per zip code, and some of them are already taken. So we want to work with every single person in every zip code, but we can't. We can only work with one person per zip code. And if you need some help, we'd be happy to work with you. You can go check that out, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. If you have a question, uh, I think I'm going to be doing some Q&A episodes. I have a ton of questions that I've gotten from you guys over the course of the last couple of months that I think would be great on a podcast because I'm sure if one person has that question, many people have that question. So if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, you can do it two different ways by submitting them to smart uh, Bruce at smart or you can shoot me a direct message on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is at smart Marketing. And if you would be so kind to leave a review on iTunes, if you're enjoying these podcast episodes, if they've done something to help you in your business or you've gotten one, if you've listened to one episode, this is your first episode you're listening to and you've gotten one valuable thing that you've taken away from the podcast episodes that we've produced over the last four years. To help you in your business Leave me a review on iTunes Leave a review, hit the fire star button Leave a little comment there of how you found the show Or what valuable nugget you've taken out of the show And used in your business Because we do this show for you If you didn't listen to the podcast Or you didn't let us know that you're enjoying the podcast We would stop doing it And then you'd have nothing to listen to while you're doing your dishes Or you're making your dough Or you're at the gym right now What would you listen to? You're in the car, you'd be bored, you listen to talk radio It's kind of boring, and there's tons of commercials We don't do that So leave me a review over there. And if you have a question, feel free to reach out. And on that note, guys, we'll see you on the next one.